Hello, I'm Juliette Littman. And I am Joe House. Welcome to Ringer Food, the Ringer's new hub for all your food-related content. You may have known this feed as House of Carbs, and don't worry, that's not totally going away. We will be launching two new shows on the feed, and the first is Food News with me and David Jacoby. You may remember us from our days at Grantland. Well, Jacoby and I are back to go over the news, sample snacks, share some personal tales of food news, some global tales of food news, who knows what else is to come? And House, what are you going to be doing? Oh, my taste buds, my hungry homies, my culinary comrades, we are back. We've done it. Here to tell you that we are reigniting House of Carbs with a whole new slate of tasty episodes throughout the year. We are starting with a football fracas, a gridiron gobble fest. We're doing NFL playoff potluck featuring taste tests of the iconic food item or items of every playoff city to determine which city reigns supreme. Ringer Food is starting up this Wednesday, January 12th. That's so soon. So be sure to subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new pure leaf blackberry iced tea that we have here at the Spotify studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a very delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new pure leaf blackberry iced tea. Visit amazon.com slash pure leaf and enter 20 pure leaf. That's 20 pure leaf for 20% off your purchase of new pure leaf Blackberry iced tea. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Dave Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Dome Media. Thank you, Yola Tango, as always, for the intro music. We are doing, I don't know what this is, just chatting again with Chris Ying since our partner in crime, Noel Cornelio, could not join us tonight. We are scheduling issues. The world is a fucking crazy thing. <laughs> crazy, <laughs> crazy shit's going on in the world right now. We needed to record this earlier. I couldn't do it. It's now nine o'clock. Noel can't record. So we're doing it, but Noel will be back soon enough. And I'm joined with Chris Ying. What are we doing? A MOIF, a Big Boy Asian Club talk? Yeah, it's just, it's just another meeting of the Big Boy Asians. Let's just talk about whatever a is on your mind. Big Boy Asian Club, a Big Boy Asian Boys fireside <laughs> chat. <laughs> yeah, it's a fireside chat. There you go. There you go. Uh, what's happening, Chang? What'd you have for dinner tonight? I made a weak ass chicken soup. Oh, why was it? Yeah. Was it weak actually like in flavor or you just phoned it I in? I intentionally did it because I think people are not feeling so good. Yeah. Uh, you know, people are a little under the weather and you know, when it's like that, like, and it's cold, I think it's either you make something super hearty and savory or super light and weak, weak sauce. That's intentionally 
a little under season, more water, more liquid, just something where it's like not too busy, not too much stuff going on. Way more water than I would have ever added. And I got rid of a lot of my chicken veg, uh, my veg in there, but it was not delicious, but mm-hmm. I was intentional. Mm-hmm. Are you generally a subscriber? Do you believe in the powers of chicken soup? I don't think there's any power in chicken soup other than it's easy to make and it tastes good. And it's like, <laughs> like that. It's not, you know, it's psychosomatic is, I believe in that. Does that work for you? I mean, okay, for you. If you're feeling under the weather, are you looking for chicken soup, specifically chicken noodle soup? Are you looking for that? I want something spicy and hot. Oh, interesting. The one thing I don't want when I'm sick is pho. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Star anise just doesn't jive with me when I'm when I'm huh. not feeling good. Yeah. I'm all about the pho. I think that, but like, I guess the star anise, if it's if you're gonna like if butt up against that. But to me, it is that like much cleaner sort of like it's not too much going on. I don't know. You think it's too flavorful? Chicken pho, not beef pho, though. But the thing is, you know what I want? I want mapo tofu. This is interesting. I don't know that I can't. I'm trying to put myself in a place where I'm sick and I'm like, do I want something spicy? You want to be sweating, right? You want to like break this fever through. Sichuan spice. That's what you're looking for. I also had uh, recently super spicy Thai food that was so spicy it was um, not <laughs> edible. Wait, actually, or like you ate it and it was just really painful. Like you couldn't eat it. You ate couldn't it anyway. It. Couldn't, couldn't. No, 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 no. It just hurt me too much. It reminded me too much of hot wings. Hot wings. I think hot ones fucked me my my stomach lining up forever. Really? Mm-hmm. Because this is the thing, you are, and, and you know what? Fuck you, Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> I didn't know you could bring all this shit to the fucking set. I, I, you know, it's Christmas special. He brought all this fucking paraphernalia. I'm like, I didn't know you could do that shit. I had no fucking idea. I didn't know I could like choose whatever the fuck I wanted to pair. I had no mm-hmm. idea. No one mm-hmm. gave me any fucking heads up. I had no idea that you could do that. I thought like that was like given to you. <laughs> you just went oh natural so you just had you were just pure wings and then like a little milk at the end that was just all you had to work oh, only with. milk only milk but like i was i was in the death throes of pain from that and i just haven't really been able to eat super spicy food since wait so before that give us give us your honest assessment of yourself as a spicy food eater are you were you like top tier i can take you know that I'm top tier, motherfucker. You I know, know. I, I'm asking you to do it. But yes, yes. And the other thing is this. It's not that I handle it well. Like, I'm like, I eat it and I'm like, there's no pain. There's no, like, emotion. I'm I'm dying, but I'll do it. Yeah. That's the thing. You know, like, I'll do it. You're not somebody who just, like, eats the habanero, the habanero, and just, like, eh, whatever. Like, you're, you're showing it, mm. but then you'll eat the second one. That's the mm-hmm. impressive part about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just yeah. why would she do that but you do it anyway all right so spicy food gets me one step thing. closer to nirvana <laughs> it's my my tantric meditation yeah. he means nirvana the band what uh what about grace what about the rest of your household are she no, no, what's she no, looking no. for in terms nobody of nobody wants uh, super spicy i'm the only one that likes sp- sp- here's the other thing i can't eat spicy like i used to when i was younger hmm. remember that time we were in copenhagen at that fucking bar and then a super spicy beef jerky. <laughs> yes, I do. remember that. <laughs> and the owner couldn't believe that I was eating it, and I was pretty fucking drunk. What a surprise! <laughs> and I was like, "Oh yeah!" And I just 
These are like dipped in the what like hell fire water. I don't know what the fuck it was. Oh, yeah. And like you couldn't it, it, the whole thing was like you couldn't have like one bite of it. Right. I think I had like three sticks of it. <laughs> but, it but was the spiciest thing, thing for in any direction for a thousand miles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but well, the reason why I could eat it is whenever I eat at Noma, you have to always eat at Kababistan. That's just how it goes. Like <laughs> You know, like really, Kababistan should almost get three Michelin stars too. You like, say that, but I think I genuinely think that you and I are the only people. <laughs> That's not a thing. Listen, I you gotta eat Kababistan after your meal at Nova. That's just the way it fucking goes. If you don't know, now you know. <laughs> okay, elaborate because I think some this people would take that Michelin as like a knock this on Nova. This is why I know the Michelin not. inspectors don't know fucking shit. <laughs> And all you top 50 voters, you don't know fucking shit because what you really need to do is if no one's going to be number one, Kababa says should be fucking two. There it is. That's the fucking secret. You can't have one without the other. People don't know. You got it. You it's got to eat Kababa It's no, just, it's no. a different it's, itch. No, I would never eat a Kababa stand in and of itself. It always has to be after, <laughs> after Noma. I would never eat there. Like I am hungry. I need Kababa stand. No. It has to be specific moment. I only eat there after I eat at Noma. That's it. Right. Right. <laughs> and, it, and it's only because I'm like so full, but like I don't I don't eat till I'm unhappy at Noma. I eat for like I know that I can eat more. Yeah. You're so that's the thing. You're so happy when you leave Noma and you're like, oh wow, I'm so happy. I'm so satisfied. Uh, I'm so stimulated. I just really need to go to sleep. And if I don't eat a huge kebab right now, I won't be able to. Yeah, but it's like, hey, you know, that like that dish that uh, of king crab or or langoustine that is beautiful, that tasted amazing, that took hours and hours and hours of preparation to work. I I don't like this diminishing returns bullshit. I want 17 more of those <laughs> in addition to every other course, but I could eat 17 more of that. That's uh, what I want to say. Have you ever been at a tasting menu and requested another of something? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here's the thing. I think you have to be a, you have to be Dave Chang. I've only seen very few people ever have the gall to do this and i don't want most people to think you can do this i don't want most people to think you can ask for the, another course again but you've done it right you've been like that oh, yeah. was delicious can i get another <laughs> no but you have to show genuine enthusiasm it's like listen if i'm going to maintain my my status in the big boy asian club i need another plate of this <laughs> right that's right. how you do it and you just like but you know full well that that one bite or whatever the one plate the little you know, uh, delicate. You got to choose. You got to choose your moments, right? Like, if it's if it's like a, an amuse bouche that you know is like sort of easy to do, then yeah. Or if you had a sushi uh, uh, and you're sitting at the counter, and it's like yeah, negatoro hand roll, like yeah, you know what I mean? Like I can do another one of those. Right. But if you're but not like, the thing that's like 900 hours of work that you know damn well took that long no, to produce no, one, no. right? Yeah, Absolutely you can't do not. That. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I know I don't know what the fuck we were talking about before, but I know that we just took it to Kababistan. <laughs> but I do remember no, going back to the story. We just finished eating Kababistan, and not just one kebab, one 
gyro. It's like a gyro with fries in it and a side of fries with the side of mayo. You know what I'm fucking talking about, Christine, because yeah, you do, do it right with me. <laughs> and no, this is nothing but mad compliments. It's just like you're you're out, you're having one of the best meals of your life, and you want it to continue to the next day. And when you continue that next that that enthusiasm for life, you get hungry again at That's, four in the morning. You hit it. That's exactly what it is. I was trying to figure out what it is. It's like, okay, I've had three drinks. And I feel really good. I feel amazing. This is the best night of my fucking life. We're having a great time. All I know how to do is have another one. <laughs> so like, that's what it is. It's just like, I'm feeling great. But how do I keep this going? I need to eat a kebab. <laughs> I so need good. to eat fries. It's so good. Fuck. Anyway. Anyway. Well, okay, let's talk about so this. So we're going then. back to uh, we're going back to this bar. We're going back to this bar. We're going back to this bar. This guy, I don't know how it gets to this point, but it's like part of this trick of the bar is like you, if you, you can't eat this, and if you do, you can like drinks or whatever the fuck. Of course, after eating kebabistan, I don't remember who was with us, but I know you were there. I was like, I'll do it. I have one, and then I think they get the owner of the bar because he was sleeping because he couldn't believe that somebody ate it. Someone <laughs> called him, said, "There's this fucking lunatic that <laughs> ate one. Can you believe it?" And he came in and he goes, can you eat another one? And I ate three of them. <laughs> the reason it didn't hurt me is very similar. If you are a connoisseur of The Simpsons, and I haven't seen The Simpsons in a long time, but when Homer goes to the, the state fair thing and he's eating the super hot nuclear chili and he okay. coats his lips and his mouth in wax so he could eat everything, right, without uh -huh. dying. Okay. And then he chips his balls off like he's on acid because of all the heat. What had happened with the first quarter of my third of my stomach was packed in with Noma food. <laughs> the second two third of my stomach up to my esophagus was packed in with carbobistan, fries, beer, a, mic, a cuvee of some of the finest wines. <laughs> finest and wines. Some the, and the, some of the shittiest beers. Yeah, some of the shittiest <laughs> beers. Some natural wines. Some with sulfites. It's like a fucking crazy, crazy mix of shit, right? Birch beer with regular beer. Crazy shit. So, like, I had a natural wax coating, a lining in my esophagus down to my gullet, uh, my gullet to my stomach. Right. And I mainlined these fucking three, three sticks of super, like, crazy, crazy spicy. That's why it didn't affect me. And that's why I was like... I was like, I didn't even feel anything. You were like, it a also, it was important to note, severely inebriated. <laughs> you're like, severely you're a, inebriated. You were a sword swallower. You were a fire yeah, eater. Yeah, you that's just, what happened. You had coated your whole stomach in esophagus. Yeah. And then I've never stayed in any other hotel in the Copenhagen except for the fucking Admiral. God, I miss the Admiral. And it was summer. <laughs> it's hot. I'm yeah. call, I remember being on the ground feeling like I was in the movie Alien because my stomach was about to burst. Is it, is, it, uh, is it uncivilized that we in America have king-size beds and like Europeans don't? They just push two double beds together. Are we uncivilized because we need big beds? No. I, 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 it really bothers me to, to, to give this to Europe. The move of the two twin-size beds with the two twin-size com comforters Mm-hmm. I think that's a testament to they've just been a, around a lot longer, again, mm -hmm. than America. They understand 
for a shared situation, if you and your partner are sharing a bed, two comforters and two mattresses pushed next to each other is actually pretty beneficial. Well, I don't understand why divorce rates aren't ridiculously low in Europe. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like... My friend just advocated to me this weekend. He just said to me, he was like, one of the best things I did for my marriage was I got my own blanket on the bed. (laughs) I was like, oh, that seems like a pretty fucking good idea. (laughs) It just seems like such a genius idea. And I don't know why the, you know, it's the goddamn comforter union or lobbyists that are fucking us (laughs) on this goddamn thing. Because there shouldn't be one. Why? Why should we? I don't want to. No, nobody wants. Nobody wants to like spoon all the time or be under the same. Gotta, <laughs> it is impossible. It's impossible. Now, I agree with you that they're beneficial for couples. Do people sleeping. know what we're talking about in Europe? <laughs> people sleep with their own fucking blankets. It's yeah. goddamn genius. It's right up there with the Japanese Toto toilet. It's the way things should be. <laughs> No, I was going to say, though, I think that you're right. I think that the sort of adjacent, not adjacent, they're they're right up against each other. They share the same bed frame, two mattresses and two blankets. Uh, but they're also like their own own little spheres. Now, that's great for co-sleeping with your partner. For the sleeping you're talking about, drunk solo sleeping, rolling around restlessly, not so good. Because I think that I have woken up in between the two mattresses every single time I've ever fallen asleep in one of those beds. Just buried between two mattresses. And I'm sure you have too. Where are you on this though? Where are you on like the Japanese style? I didn't understand this the first time I ever stayed in like a Japanese like apartment. Where you walk in the bathroom and the sh- and like the shower just sort of is the bathroom. Everything in the bathroom is intended yeah. to get wet. Well, here's the other thing that's strange that I have never figured out. And I'm not talking about the commode that's like in the ground, which I think is great. There are toilets in Asia where there's a sink, but sometimes there's a sink on top of the toilet. Yes. What is that? I don't know. It's like, but it kind of like, I'm like, is this a drinking fountain? What is this thing up here? Is it like, am I supposed to wash my hands here? You know what it is? I think it is you wash your hands I think it's an efficiency thing because then the water, the dirty water just fills the back of the toilet and doesn't go just down the drain. That's got to be what it is, right? That's got that's some ruthless Chinese efficiency there, man. Like, but I feel like it's going to be like a demolition man situation where like one time you got you and I are going to be like, hey, I used that sink on the back of the toilet. And people are going to be like, you did what? You don't know the three shells. So for anybody that's listening, (laughs) what are you supposed to do? With that faucet looking thing that goes into the top of a normal toilet, but it's now the top of a normal toilet looks like a diorama of a, a sink type of thing. <laughs> it's like a small miniature model of a sink on top of the toilet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah. either. I don't know. I don't know. That is a mystery I don't understand. But also the whole bathroom is a shower. Like you can wash the whole thing down. I think that's actually kind of genius. I think it's actually kind of genius. Just like you stand in the bathroom. Like it's, it's a, you just walk in the bathroom and you turn on the shower and you're just soaking wet. And so is the sink and so is everything else. But that's just what it is. We didn't even finish the fucking, we didn't even finish the fucking chili pepper story, but fine, whatever. Chili, chili jerky. <laughs> no, we started talking. We didn't finish the fucking conversation about, about chicken soup because we, uh, we published a chicken soup recipe in the fixer and ever chicken soups on everybody's mind for, you know, reasons that don't need to be fucking explained. Everybody needs chicken soup right now. 
Let me ask you this, Dave, because a bunch of conversations started springing up around the Major Domo staff as we were talking chicken soup. Starting with this, how important is the actual chicken meat in a bowl of chicken noodle soup? Rank the components of a chicken bowl of chicken noodle soup, and where does meat lie on that? Are you talking about type of chicken? Well, I mean, let's start with let's start with something simple. Let's start with a a Western style chicken noodle soup. So that's funny. I I always ask whenever I make this. To, to Grace, do you want American chicken soup or Asian chicken soup? Mm-hmm. And whenever I want American chicken soup, she never agrees. But today she said she wanted American style. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I made American style. And it's the, I think the meat is more important to the American style than I would eat a bowl of like so many Asian style chicken noodle soups. I think the chicken is an afterthought and not necessary. Uh, yeah, I can agree with that. But also, I think the meat is also an afterthought in American chicken soup. Like, you don't care about it. When do you see, like, first of all, most chicken, let's just, I feel like I'm a. <laughs> He's like, honestly, uh, let me uh, just uh, pay a, a picture. A gra- Dave a gra- is like beautiful gra- minding it right now. He's yeah, like I looking side to side. I feel like I'm a grandmaster. I don't know, like, wi- like wizard, <laughs> like, a, like a Queen's Gambit. Like, I feel like I'm on, on, on like the, on chicken soup cooking. I know. I'm like a t- top five player. I know. That's why I'm asking. You know, like, you know, who's a who's a st- who's a chess great right now, Magnus, dude? Like, I, I'm like not there, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm watching him from TV from the fucking right. Constellation Lounge. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure, 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 sure. You're in the same competition. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So talk to me about the meat itself in chicken soups. Just whatever you want to say about the meat itself. This is very important for Western style chicken soup. Most of the time, chicken meat in chicken soup is fucking waterlogged, saturated, disgusting. Because, amen. Once the chicken is cooked, you need to remove the chicken before it disintegrates. So mm-hmm. I have so many thoughts on this, but you need to remove it. And you only add the chicken as you serve it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't leave it in there. Can I ask a quick digression on that question, sure. first of all? What about you couldn't keep on cooking? You just leave the fucking chicken in there forever, but don't serve the meat then. <laughs> right? No. Like, no. That's, you, wouldn't, that's like no, no you, wouldn't do, you wouldn't do that because then you would have a very cloudy soup. It would You would have very low yield as well because... Mm. The, the meat, the fat, everything would disintegrate and you'd almost get chicken tonkotsu, which is honestly maybe more delicious than regular pork tonkotsu broth. But that's what I'm saying. If like, you cook it to hell and it becomes almost cloudy, that's another no, thing entirely. that's python. No, no, like that, that's, but that's not it. It's like, that isn't whole chicken. That's just chicken fat. Okay. Well, let's stick to the question at hand. Let's say we want meat in our soup. Don't fucking you gotta come at pull me it with out. this fucking chicken soup fucking shit. <laughs> I'm asking the questions. Keep going. Keep going. All right. You got to pull out the meat when it's cooked properly. So, so again, I'm just going to go over how I make chicken soup regardless. The only chicken soup I fucking suck at making that I wish I was better at making is matzo ball because matzo ball chicken soup. So Mm. good. I think it's the best chicken soup. And usually no meat in that soup, right? Sometimes there can be. I've had. But like nobody associates like a bowl of matzo ball soup with like, ooh, the chicken is so good. No, I'm so bad. I don't know how to make matzo ball well. It's so hard. It's so hard to do well. 
Matzo ball is a very hard thing to make. Well, I can imagine. I have no idea. I mean, this is okay. We're going to do, we have more questions about like dumplings and things like that, but f- stick to the meat first. So I think it's important to just start with a chicken, whole chicken. You can do wings clearly if you want to make a broth, but like for home, I'm starting with a whole chicken, cold water. I almost always start with uh, whole cloves of garlic that are peeled and I take the ends off and I have no idea where I'm going to go with that. I bring it up to a boil. I season it. Even if I season it with fish sauce, doesn't matter. Salt, savory salt, moment savory salt, whatever. I season it, not super aggressively, but enough to know that the flavor of the meat will be penetrated with the salt. I don't add black pepper yet because any black pepper you're going to add is going to get scummed off into the in, in, as you skip. Because mm-hmm. as it becomes the boil, all the fucking black pepper will be like gone if you skim mm-hmm. it as you take the scum off. So I always add the black pepper later. As it's cooking, I'm then I'm figuring out where do I want to take this. I can take it anywhere. In about 30 minutes, I, I that's when I decide like what do I want to do. Usually I look in the fridge. If I want to make a a really deep, 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 flavorful broth, I might cook it a long, long time. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But like not a ripping boil, but like a simmer. Because I'm trying to extract as much. Because what you want to do is, as, as you were saying, like extract as much of the, like, you want to basically cook the chicken to the point where you can actually still take it out of the pot. Ah, we have to stop here for a second. Are you, what percentage of the time are you starting with a whole bird? All the time. 100% of the time, right? 100%. Yeah. All right. Carry on. Why? I'm just wondering. Because I think that, I mean, the Western canon would be like roasted bones, Mr. Chang. Roasted bones. I'm, no, I, I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> roasted fucking bones. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. All right. Whole like, listen, listen, like, no. Yeah, like, <laughs> no. Listen, no. <laughs> you know what you should do? Fry the chicken and then boil it. That's what you should do. <laughs> Fry the bird, batter it, batter it, dredge it, fry it in a buttermilk, fry it, and then you know this is gonna be a boil. thing. You know that a fried chicken broth is coming, right? You know somebody's gonna hear you say that and be like, "That's a pretty I'm good sure idea." I've even fucking done that stupid. I'm sure I've come up with that some <laughs> stupid fucking parlor trick in a pressure cooker. I'm sure I've done something stupid. I bet you I was like, "That's fucking good. Let's put it on the menu." <laughs> <laughs> Let's serve it with a fucking. Clarified creme fresh and uh, <laughs> and uh, chive oil. Nobody does a nobody does a better impression of a young Dave Chang than Dave Chang. <laughs> uh, all right, whole bird. Keep going. That, so that's it. It's like I, I you can extract a lot. And listen, at some point the the quality of chicken does matter, right? You want a chicken with a lot of fat, but at the end of the day, chicken is a chicken in some ways, right? And I I'm just trying to get as much of that chicken flavor out. I rarely skim the fat. What I'm trying to get is the impurities out. And that's why I don't add the black pepper. Because if you boil the black pepper and you skim it out, you're going to get rid of the black pepper. Sometimes I use white pepper. I've been using a lot more white pepper in my chicken soup. So I'm just trying to get as much of the fucking chicken flavor out of the chicken into the broth. Once that's done, I remove the chicken, right? And I can tell because the chicken legs are starting to fall apart a little bit. But like, I like my chicken broth like light yes if you roast it you can do it but again this isn't a fucking restaurant 
<laughs> not roasting fucking shit. Uh-huh. I mean, seriously, <laughs> any fucking home cook recipe says roast your fucking breads. Get the fuck out of here. Just get the fuck out of here. You fucking motherfucker that never made this shit at home. You did it in a test kitchen, some bullshit like that. Right. Any motherfucker right. that says they do that, you're fucking lying because you got to wash the dishes. Nobody wants to get that fucking the the souks off the bottom, scrape that shit off. That's bullshit. Right. And by the way, if you're making it for your family and your family's under the weather, you are also under the weather and you are not about to spend fucking nine hours making chicken no, fucking no, noodle no, soup. No, 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 so no, no. get out of here. And why am I going to roast a fucking chicken before I boil it? <laughs> Fuck you guys. No way. No. All right. Let's pretend. Okay. Move on from the, the, the roasting. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. So... You've made this decision now to where now you're going. I, now, now I take the chicken out. I have the, I, I, my salt for the most part is 90% there in terms of the, the flavor of the broth. Now I decide now, now tell me where, where should I take this? Where should I take this? What part of the world should I take this? Well, let's go, let's go American first. Let's go quintessential American chicken okay. noodle soup. So I'm going to take some, I'm going to take some, um, Outer stocks, to probably two stocks to one chicken. I'm going to get a pot. I'm going to cover the chicken with water uh, and a pot that's big enough where I'm going to boil it so it doesn't boil over. I'm salting it, whatever salt. Then uh, with the garlic, I'm always adding garlic. And if it's American, I'm now taking the bird out. It's probably been cooking 45 minutes. 45 minutes is still not going to cook the probably a, a five-pound bird completely through. You might have some of the, the breast meat. Um, tenderloin area bit like right near the bone still underdone mm -hmm. it probably would need 15 more minutes but that's okay because we're not gonna we're gonna cook it through later so i'm gonna take that out i'm gonna put it in a bowl and then i'm gonna make sure that the chicken is ass side down like it's a beer can chicken right so mm -hmm. it's draining everything i'm gonna collect all that liquid as it's now ass side down I, i'm taking scissors and i'm cutting incisions on both sides of the breast snipping the thighs, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And breaking off the wings. Because what I'm trying to do is not just make it easier for me to pick the chicken, but I'm also trying to let the steam out so it's not that hot mm -hmm. as I pick it later. Mm -hmm. And then I put that 
if I'm in a hurry, I'll put that in the freezer or sometimes the freezer, oftentimes the fridge, or I'll do it earlier in the morning. So Plus now that I little, have that, that little pocket between breast and, and thighs also where there's like tons of juices every single correct, time, right? Correct, yeah. correct. And then I'm eating the fucking chicken oyster for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. My family, ne- my family I've never seen it. Never se- they don't even know what a chicken oyster is. It's <laughs> yeah. never fucking seen the light of day. My, my Hugo, I love you. Grace, I love you. I, I I'm just saying you have never eaten it because it's impossible for me to not pop it into my mouth. <laughs> for all they know, the area where the thigh meets the chicken body is just an empty vacuum of air. <laughs> just yep. nothing there. A cavity. It's a it's a deformity in the chicken. Um, <laughs> so I have that going. Now I have uh, America. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take some carrots. I'm gonna take onions. I'm gonna take some celery. Probably two stalks of celery, two carrots one large white onion or two small onions. I'm going to dice them up, add that to the pot. I'm going to add a couple sprigs of thyme, maybe a bay leaf, and I'm going to bring that to a boil. Then I am going to cook some noodles. Today, my my watered-down white person chicken soup, I added orzo. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. A little mm-hmm. orzo in there. Because I wanted it, I want it to be like waterlogged, like it's Campbell's chicken noodle soup where the noodles get super plumpy. And if you're going to add noodles, you got to do it early enough so it like gets saturated. And you want to get it saturated beforehand because you don't ever want to add too many noodles because then you're not going to have chicken soup. You're going to have fideos, but <laughs> like poorly done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. So like, you know, you just add enough to like change the texture of the soup. And then I check the seasoning. I, I'll add black pepper. I'll add whatever seasoning I need for salt and the noodles. And you want the noodles. Okay, so let me ask you this. I, I don't know if you agree with me. So if it's a bowl of, let's say it's a bowl of ramen, I, of course I want, my, I, I want my, my noodles to have spring and chew to them. But if it's a Western bowl of chicken noodle soup, I want them practically falling apart. No fucking al dente for me. No, no, no. You, you can't have it al dente. It's got to be something where someone that's eating without dentures can eat. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yes. Just mush. Yeah. And like one thing that I add to a lot of chicken soups, whether it's Western or not, is a little bit of butter. I think because you want to fat is super important, which is why chicken fat schmaltz is actually the key to a great chicken soup, mm-hmm. especially a Western style. Mm-hmm. Um, but also Asian too. It's like, if you remove the fat, don't throw it away, add that to your chicken rice that you might make later. So that's pretty much it. It's mm-hmm. pretty simple. Let's rewind in time to that point oh, where you're taking some. Uh, I'm though. picking, I'm picking, I'm picking the, the, the chicken. So I usually I'll add the dark meat. I'll pick the dark meat and then I'll might say the chicken for something else. I'll say the chicken breast for chicken rice. Right. So before I, before, if I want to make that chicken soup, I might add the chicken, the dark meat, pick the pick the carcass but before i add the mirepoix the carrots onion celery the bay leaf the thyme i'm going to take maybe two cups of the broth and some of the fat and i'll reserve that with the breast meat and i'll make chicken rice with that the next day mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to eat something of of, of a chicken ricey asian-y right. flavor because it should be noted that a full pot of 
chicken noodle soup is too much chicken noodle soup. <laughs> you need to pull some of the liquid out to do something else. You can't yeah. eat that much chicken noodle soup. No. All right, let's rewind real quick. Let's rewind to that point where you were like, I'm going to go somewhere else. Let's go. Let's go somewhere else. Let's okay. go. Let's say you wanted, let's say, you know, Grace and the kids aren't around and you're going to go full Chang spicy style. You're going to go spicy. You're going to go Asian. What are you going to do? I think before Asian, I'll give you one great chicken noodle soup that I, I make to this day is a variation of Alex Lee, the great chef that used to be the chef at Danielle. He has, there's a Cafe Baloo chicken soup recipe that's based on Alex Lee's with shiitake. It's basically the same thing. You add shiitake, you add some salty ham. You can add any kind of ham sliced up and some scallions and you, some maybe some vermicelli instead. And you add, you could do fish sauce uh, and some sesame oil to garnish at the end. That's mm-hmm. like immediately there. Or if you want to make it more foga, you can do that. Like, that's where I can go. I can go anywhere. If you want this more like how spicy, what kind of spice? Well, no, no. I, before we do that, I, I, I want you to spend a, a second singing the praises of something that you just glossed over, which is ham in a chicken mm. broth. Like you love this. The Chinese love this. This is underrated, I think, and underexplored. Think the ch- Chinese call it superior broth. Right? <laughs> One of the great names of all time. But like ham smoked, you know, like a pork product in your fucking chicken soup. Mm. Very delightful. Uh, a smoked ham hock in your chicken soup. That's pretty strong move. Pretty strong move. <laughs> Even prosciutto is great, right? Uh-huh. Any kind of salted pork product, you know, it's a strong move. So take me, take me to a, based on a true story of uh, Southeast Asia. So I might start off with the same, same thing. I pull the chicken in another pot. I, I, whether I blitzed it in a blender or I did a mortar and pestle or whatever, I'm probably roasting pretty hard garlic, ginger, shallots. If I have galangal or whatever, lime leaf, whatever, any aromatics. And I'm putting in a ton of Thai bird chilies. Mm-hmm. A pre, like with the bird, with the, with the raw chicken, no, like no, that's no, your no. aromatics I, for the thing. I'm now adding that I'm roasting it off and then I'm going to add that ah. to the soup. After it, the chickens come out and it's sitting there ass side yeah, up. No, no, no. Down. And then, so before they, before I put the chicken, then I'm adding the spice. Okay. The, the aromatic spice. So that that's one way to do it. If I'm going to do something maybe like super spicy Sichuan style, I, I might like, I, I might make a Sichuan oil, you know, and have that mala and I'll add a lot of chili pepper to the soup. There's so many ways you could take this. If I want to take this to... If I want this maybe more of a Latin flavor, it's easy. You know, I'll do cilantro stem. I'm using lime juice. You know, I'm going to add more potatoes. You throw a little tomato in there? Not always. Mm-hmm. Not always. Part of this because it's just been family meal for so long in a variety of kitchens. You just learn how to make chicken soup in every like ethnicity of every single person of every kitchen <laughs> I've ever worked in. You learn like how they... that. You know, chicken soup is universal too, right? It's it's one of the universal foods, chicken noodle soup, I think. Like they don't, you wouldn't think of them the same, but I think they're the fucking same. It's everywhere. I believe, uh, I believe um, somebody in Europe probably did it first, you know? Of course, of course, of course. We owe it all to somebody in France. Sir Walter Walter Raleigh, (laughs) uh, Queen Elizabeth (laughs) consort, I think invented chicken noodle soup. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. 
Um, all right. So you okay? Many many questions arose from our. our I think little... I'm right. I think I'm right on that. I think Sir Walter Raleigh was was seeing Queen Elizabeth. Wait, what is that are true? You saying right now? Yeah. Was his was Queen Elizabeth's consort? Does consort mean like boy Lover? toy? Yeah. Am I right? Am I right? I don't know. I'm googling it. I, First, see. I'm finding out what consort means. Oh yeah, a wife, husband, or companion, in particular the spouse of a reigning monarch. Whoa! I even used the word right. <laughs> His courage and good looks made him a favorite of the queen's, and she rewarded him handsomely. I'm reading from some random website. I don't know, Dave. I, I don't know, Sir Walter Raleigh. I don't, I don't want to spread malicious I, I rumors. Why do I even, <laughs> why, why I didn't even think of Sir Walter Raleigh's fucking name is beyond. Okay. What is, what is HRP historical Royal palaces.org.uk here. <laughs> Although generous, Elizabeth the first demanded absolute loyalty. She was furious to learn in 1592 that Sir Walter had secretly married one of her ladies in waiting. Elizabeth Throckmorton. And even worse, they had a newborn son, Demeray Rowley. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know where shit comes from with you. I don't know where the fuck this stuff comes out. If you had asked me to place Sir Walter Rowley and Queen Elizabeth I into centuries, I don't think I would have placed them into the same century. <laughs> I have no fucking idea. That's I have no insane. idea why what, what, what just happened there. We're living in a simulation. I just broke it. All right. You started touching on matzo ball soup earlier. I love matzo. Matzo ball is my truly my favorite. So, matzo ball soup, so chicken good. and dumplings. The only time the only time I'm pro dill is a little bit of an essence of dill in a matzo ball soup. Oh, interesting. Mm. I've never heard you break your dill rule. Uh, interesting. I know. I know. Okay, just a little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit. Just a little soup soup song of dill. Yeah. Again, <laughs> spell it. S-O-U-P-C with the Sedil O-N. I can spell. I can't speak. What's uh Supcon? Supcon. Explain to me the dummy, the the West, the, the boy who grew up in the West Coast waspiest fucking place in the world, far from the South, far from the taste of matzo ball soup. Explain to me the dumpling. The un, the not Chinese filled dumpling. Explain to me the appeal and the platonic ideal of a matzo ball of a chicken and dumplings dumpling. You mean a clump of dough that was probably like <laughs> got to do something with it? <laughs> yeah. Yes, but that's what I'm seeing it as. But I know you got a place in your heart for it, so sell it I to love, me. I love chicken and dumplings. Well, I think chicken and dumplings to me is very similar to Korean sujibi, right? Which is mm. the hand torn noodle that's got a lot of flour in it. And as you cook the noodle in the pot, the pasta itself in the soup, it gets nice and creamy. Korean sujb has always felt very similar to me to southern chicken and dumplings, one of my favorite favorite dishes. Something that I grew up eating a lot of. So part of the appeal, right, right there, I just want to I want to stop you, is that this like very starchy, floury dumpling noodle is actually imparting body to the soup too, right? Like that's part it's of the a, it's appeal. It's a clump of fucking. <laughs> poorly made dough <laughs> like that was just like you know it's it's not even a it's not it's not even like a, it's, it's just like it's it's bad cooking done good and how long does it how long does it hang out in there how long does it hang out in the soup and like what is the ideal texture of the dumpling and chicken and dumplings it's like a gnocchi it's like a bad poorly made gnocchi without potato in it. <laughs> 
But I want you to I want you to explain to me. You keep on describing it as bad and poorly made, but like poorly what makes made it gnocchi good? really is because there's too much flour in it, which ah, makes it yes. fucking dense. Right. You want this to be something that you need to take a nap after you eat. <laughs> it is like, whoa. You're eating a cup of that. flour. You're eating a cup of flour. Uh, yeah, you're you're eating a nap. But you love it, right? You love. There's, I this I don't thing. know why, but I love this. Fu- I love chicken dumplings. I love. I truly will say, matzo ball is my favorite chicken soup, and I don't make it because I'm not blessed in the Jewish culinary arts. <laughs> All right. I think we've talked. I think we've talked sufficiently about chicken noodle soup. We got a couple of other things that that arose during today's uh, internal <laughs> company conversations, which I don't think it'll be ready quite yet for this podcast on Monday. But very soon, we're going to have a means for everybody else to join these these conversations, and we're 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 very excited for people to do so. But a few things came up, Dave. I'm going to throw a couple at you. Number one, <laughs> this is a fucking hard left turn. Do you think when Joey Chestnut eats competitively, he's sitting down at a competition. Let's say Joey Chestnut is wearing an Apple watch. Do you think he's eating voraciously enough that his watch is registering what he's doing as exercise? (laughs) And then I have, I have a follow-up, but I want to hear your answer first. He's making the motion. I wonder, I wonder. I wonder if he's eating. Does the Apple Watch vibrate and say, "Are you uh, eating?" Are you like are you recording out to walk? Or you're like you're walking. You're like, are you recording out to walk? You know, it's like, are you shoveling your face full of calories? <laughs> I think that this like the competition. And like, yes, the, 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 the hand motions of like cramming two hot dogs in your mouth at the same time. I'm willing to bet competitive eaters. If there's any competitive eaters out there who have actually competed in a, in a <laughs> sanctioned competition, I want to know. I'm willing to bet that like your watch thinks you're exercising, which and then I, 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 I want I want to let you know that I hope you never respond to this question. <laughs> Please let me know. I need to know because my follow up then, Dave, is this. As, as this is a meeting of the Big Boy Asian Club and we need to sort of explore these sorts of topics, do you think there's a magical point <laughs> where I can be burning calories at the same rate that I'm consuming them if I'm eating fast enough? <laughs> and I can become wow. just like a zero-sum eater? If you have tapeworm. <laughs> You're not a real Big Boy Asian Club if you haven't actually thought about, maybe ta- I should get tapeworm. Like mail or order, order. <laughs> mail <laughs> right? Giardia, which your dog gets from like licking, drinking out of puddles. I guess I could drink out of a puddle. Yeah, it's like, eh. I mean, tapeworm doesn't seem that bad of an idea. Think about it. <laughs> Everything I eat is being consumed by an animal, an organism in my stomach that's also eating it. I mean, it's basically being pregnant, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We also have a we have an Ask Dave question. We have an Ask Dave uh, birthday wish request that I want to get to in a second. But before I do that, I do want to wrap up the sort of chicken noodle soup thing. I, I forgot to tie this bow on it. What are your other, what are the Dave Chang comfort foods? I'm not talking about like 
mashed potatoes and meatloaf necessarily, but like things that make you feel hmm, nourished. Mapo tofu. Mapo tofu. What else it's you got? It's always mapo tofu. Uh, <laughs> That's the only thing. Is there a, is there more of a is there okay mapo tofu mapo tofu my mom's kalbi jim the Korean braised short ribs um uh slice of pizza mm-hmm. always pizza would you always. eat is a slice of pizza make it past your like mm, if you're feeling sick defenses will you eat pizza if you're feeling sick pizza is my <sighs> It's like my like the video game character that is good at everything. This is just where we diverge. I can't believe how much you can eat pizza. That's crazy to me, dude. I, I had, <laughs> I got two pizzas yesterday, and I ate one pizza and a half, and then I had the other small half for breakfast this morning. Because <laughs> I haven't had pizza in so long, I just decided to go fuck it. I'm getting pizza. And yeah, noodles, yeah. Noodles and rice, but that's like, that doesn't count because you eat noodles and rice together, breakfast, lunch, and dinner anyway. Right. That's not like a special, I need a comforting thing. That's air. (laughs) Right. Air makes me feel good. Breathing air makes me feel comfortable. Just fucking double starch. (laughs) I'm so pissed that people don't even accept double starch. Yeah. You know what? You know, some fucking asshole Italian was like, you can't do two starches. What I'm trying to say is, if you're not doing double starches, you're fucking doing it wrong. We've talked about this a little bit, and you've done no, some. No, but we're exp- never taking the chance. No, no, the- but I'm asking you this: you've done a little experimentation with like we're talking double starch in terms of like I'm eating noodles and rice at the same meal. Mm. But are there limits to mixing starches? Yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't do it. You can't do it. It's like Ghostbusters. You can't. You can't cross but the not streams, like right? Ghostbusters, because like at no point can you actually cross the stream. It doesn't work. You just unless, can't, right? Unless, Uh-oh. unless there's only one. <laughs> when you're at uh, airport or a place that's Panda Express like place where you're getting a two or three combination meal, <laughs> and you decide to also get the fried rice with the lo mein, right? And then by the time you eat your Generoso's chicken or sesame beef or whatever, or your beef and broccoli, you've eaten it all and you realize that because, you know, those styrofoam containers come in the large part. Mm-hmm. There's, it's, it's divided into three. The, the second large part and the small, small one. Mm-hmm. Almost always all the rice and, and noodles at the last bit after you eat everything else get pushed to that one small part of the styrofoam box <laughs> and it's just like a natural it's like a uh, like the the golden mean in, in nature it's like the natural ratio it's like a perfect swirl of rice and noodles <laughs> and that's okay. the only time you can eat rice and noodles together at the same time right that's the equivalent of fighting the stay puffed marshmallow man on top of a skyscraper that is so the only, only moment time when you need to try it I it's agree gotta be in a styrofoam box that's it <laughs> I agree with you all right Last order of business today. From time to time, we'll get uh, emails to the fixer or to ask Dave at majordomomedia.com requesting a little special shout out, a little special love. We have some real devoted fans. Now, we had a beautiful one. I think, God damn, how long we've been doing this podcast. Uh, you know, a year and a half, two years ago, where we had like a serviceman and his wife had written in knowing that he was listening in Afghanistan. Set the bar very high for a shout out on the Dave Chang show. So what I want to do is this, Dave. (laughs) 
I'm gonna read a I'm gonna read a request for a birthday shout out. And you can tell me whether or not you think that you want to. I think that getting the getting your letter read is 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 a nice little prize, but Dave will decide whether or not you get the birthday shout out on top of it. How about that? Okay. Hi, Dave and Chris. My name is Eve Edelheit, and Kit Connolly, my husband's 34th birthday, is on December 29th. Well, we missed it. Sorry, Kit. I was hoping maybe you could wish him a happy birthday on an upcoming episode or belated birthday. Not sure how far out you record. He listens to your show religiously when he's running or or cooking and has been a huge fan of David's for quite a long time. Kid is half North Korean, half Irish American, and always related to the way Dave grew up. He also used to cook professionally and became interested in cooking from watching his hominy. We recently became parents, and I think your episodes about being dads and the ups and downs of that role have been so important in this new chapter. Anyway, being a new parent is amazing and so tough all at the same time, and I know a surprise shout-out on his favorite podcast would be an amazing birthday gift. Hope this isn't a weird, creepy ask. P.S. The Momofuku Salts are the best. Eve. What do you think, Dave? Does that deserve a birthday shout-out? Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Kit. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Guess what? Another year around the fucking world. You did it again. <laughs> 34 listen, times. You're Good 34. Job, Guess what? You got six more years till you turn 40, and you're like, fuck this birthday shit. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to know. That's a, that's when it's all downhill. Yeah. Right so to that's us why in six enjoy years, it. Enjoy buddy. it. Yeah. Um that's all I got, DC. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Before we before we go. What? <laughs> oh my god, you look like something that Guillermo del Toro created, dude. You look <laughs> this looks horrifying, man. Honestly though, it kind of it kind of works perfectly with your face. I know. He's holding a he's holding uh, guys, I can't just look at Instagram. We'll post this. It looks insane. <laughs> The only way to repeat this is across the streams. Give us five stars. Um, Happy birthday (laughs) to all the people that had birthdays. I can't can't be here. (laughs) 